In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Alan Fadden, of course. But everybody no, knows Carla. That. Everybody <laughs> or nobody, what, pick one. Yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. I, this is the second part uh, of a two-part series where we looked initially at the e-myth or entrepreneurial myth. And of course, that wasn't the name of the title we gave it. We gave it E-mess. <laughs> the entrepreneurial mess, because that happens quite frequently. And today we are going to look at the second book that Michael Gerber wrote. Uh, E-Myth came out in 1986, and E-Myth Revisited came out in 1995. Uh, it sold over a million copies, and it talks about a lot of things similar in the initial book, E-Myth. However, he goes into a little bit different position in regards to systems. In the first one, you could listen to the previous podcast. He breaks down the three different personalities. And then we talk about uh, kind of why that was so amazing at the time. And then why we could, you know, shift our thinking in into roles versus functions. So you can listen to part one of this series, if you'd like to look at that. And uh, really, uh, the revisited is very similar in that 80%, and I think it's 80 to 90% of small businesses fail. And what you need to do to ensure that your company is not based off of one individual. And for the title of this podcast, it would be F This Revisited. Yes. And one of the reasons that it's F this is the frustration of seeing something that makes sense to you and you want to go ahead with it and then you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Frustration. It could be even frustration that's revisited, but F this is, is funnier for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, and that was my experience. I wrote, uh, wrote, read both of these books early on in my career. And while Unlike a lot of business books, you're, you, you know and you agree with everything that's in it. And even if it's a newer thought or a redone thought in a different perspective, you have to go back to the office. And then you are working like mad to make these things happen that you agree with, right? And yeah. that was, that's the frustration and, and, and just irritation uh, that comes from some of the most amazing business owners entrepreneurs, managers, and uh, technicians even. Technician probably be less likely, but that's the number one person that goes and launches a business, uh, as he uh, Gerber talks about in the first book. And one of my favorite quotes, Alan, when I read this book long ago and reread it here recently, um, was that, and this is Gerber's quote, if your business depends on you, you don't own a business, you own a job. And it's the worst job in the world because you're working for a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just think that's great. This, this correlates with my uh, uh, similar, uh, you know, on my own plight, uh, I, I finally became self-employed and uh, why, people say, well, why did you do that? And I said, well, if I have to work for a jerk, it, it might as well be me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
and uh, I actually did the same thing when I left. It was, I didn't agree with what was going on. So I figured, well, if, if, if uh, people are acting in manners that I didn't agree with, I figured I just, uh, I didn't think I was a, a lunatic, but after being in business for 20 years, you, you start wondering if you're crazy at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. What was the definition of an entrepreneur from our, uh, one oh. of our friends was, uh, Definition is an entrepreneur who is someone who wakes up in the middle of the night screaming. Yeah, <laughs> so true many times. And so I think we'll talk a little bit about why um, the book was so unique. And even when he revisited in 1995 and 86, you can listen to part one of it. But the first thing was, is that Gerber talks about having great technical skills, which Alan and I were just referring to, is a lot different skill set than knowing how to run a business. So understanding those two things, just because you knew how to do, uh, let's say, uh, loans, or you're a mortgage broker, or a banker, and then you launch your own mortgage company, those are two separate different skills. And when you're the business owner, you're responsible for everything. And the other thing, and, and I'm going to try not to touch on too many things that were in the first book, because that's why we did a two-part series, or that would have been a very right. long podcast. And we got a lot to get through here today. So I'm going to try to push us through, Alan, because we get pretty passionate about a lot of these things. Yeah. The second thing Gerber talks about that he, and he touches on it in the first book, but goes a lot more in depth in the second book is treat your business like a franchise from day one operation systems. And they talks a lot about systems. It's probably why it talks about it more in this book than in the first book. And so the franchise model, and then after you get that mindset, I think is more of what he's talking about there. Understand there's two different, uh, skills that you need and technicians typically launch businesses but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good business owner imagine the franchise plan and then build all of that the mindset and the okay franchise model on systems and so and and i think of the other part of the systems was gerber talks about make the system so specific that you can pay the lowest level individual at that skill set so you know obviously that also, when he doesn't talk about training nearly as much, but the actual systems around it, which includes training. I think he refers to those as soft systems, though. So um, I think that at the time, remember 1986, nobody was talking about franchises. There had only been a couple really successful ones. And so that was revolutionary. Now it's going, okay, put that mindset together and let's dig down on these systems. And the three systems that he talks about in the book, the first are hard systems. So that's inanimate objects, things that you need but aren't moving and breathing because even a business model is moving and breathing um, but like a coffee maker or something and soft systems which are the ideas and people systems about taking care of your people there's a lot of different titles we've given this these days right people management I think employee engagement is one of the dumbest ones <laughs> it's important but then you know we'll get into a little bit why the, the previous models have not worked and all the billions of dollars are still not managing the soft systems uh, in businesses, miserably failing. And then information systems. So this is, you know, your manuals, materials, video, and it's even the data you collect. And now, my goodness, with technology and business, this is just endless when it comes down to 
information systems. I mean, that's like saying it tastes like chicken, right? It's like Mark, when people go, Oh, I need to grow my business. That's very irritating oh, yeah. because it's not specific at all. And you can apply it to everything. Marketing is the same way. I mean, I can identify a hundred marketing, uh, concepts and how to implement them are all different. So when you call things, you know, in that big wide term, um, I think that, you know, it gets a little challenging, especially with information systems. So, all right, Alan, let's break down each of these and then really look at overlaying the hoodoo method and who in each of these areas, right, based off their core nature of work, it's highly likely, depending on, it is likely, it's 100% likely, 99% uh, likely, because we do also have our wonders that are <laughs> a little bit yes. easier to manage uh, when it comes to you know, 1% of the population, but 100% of the work is made for that 1%. And how with each of those three systems Gerber talks about that we can overlay then who is going to gravitate and how you can look at that from managing those three systems in a business. Yeah, and we could do that for like about three hours. And so I bet you we could do it for three days, three days, probably. So <laughs> we'll do it briefly and give you an example, because a lot of it is just common sense. But for example, uh, you might take inanimate objects, let's let's say the coffee machine. And everyone has somewhat of a different approach to so so it's like a divide and conquer thing. If you break if you break your thinking down into more specific pieces, and you'll get what I'm talking about in a second, is that, that everybody has a different approach to some of these general things. And the way you win is by breaking them down so you can really understand the distinctions. For example, person who is a mover, and that's somebody who's an early adopter and loves to get things done, might say, we need a new coffee machine. Okay, and uh, so uh, whereas the maker, who's also a doer, but a later adopter, they're not going to decide whether we need a new coffee machine, but they are certainly going to help order the right one and make sure that all the supplies are there and they'll do all the details. In other words, you know, overall is that the mover says, here's a need for a checklist and puts a checklist together. And the, the maker is the one who follows the checklist. So, for example, the mover is sitting there one day and says, this coffee tastes like swill. We need to do something here. You know, and this is this coffee maker is like from 1968. Uh, we need a new one. And uh, then that's pretty much, you know, set that priority and then hand it off to the next person. And it could be the prover who goes through the catalog and, and gets rid of all the coffee machines that aren't going to work very well, reads all the reviews, and so, oh, we can't get that one. And uh, maybe the goes back to the mover and says, you know, here are three good ones. Pick which one. The mover picks it. And then the prover goes back and hands a checklist off. You know, here's your job to the maker. So it's even a coffee machine. Yes. Is, uh, it, it can be broken down and should be broken down because what happens is if you approach everything too generally, guess what happens? Nothing. Yes. Or... Uh, that's why 70% of people hate their job because they're asked to do all these things. And, you know, and, and I love the example you pulled just off of my example of what a hard system was, is something as little as ordering a coffee maker, right? The, in what yep. you said, the maker after the, everything's been worked through 
is fine with doing that, even though they're usually given the entire job, go pick it out, make sure you pick the right one. I mean, they like to execute. And so, and it's going to be the mover that wants to make the checklist. So understanding each core nature of work, what the job is. Now, remember, now obviously over time, you don't have to go in and be that specific about ordering a coffee maker. It's just using the example of something that simple. So you can imagine a marketing plan, right? A business plan, budgeting, all those things that are a lot more elaborate and difficult to manage when you can mess up having somebody order a coffee pot and not enjoy the process. How can that be applied to all the other different things that need to happen? And and I love what you say, and I always say, you know, makers eat checklists for breakfast and they're doers, but the mover is likely the one that is going to say, okay, this is what we need to do. And, yeah. and of course the shaker is going to be the one that wants to try all the new coffees or something like that. Oh, they're they're, they're going to go <laughs> to or, organic uh, fair trade coffee in, uh, yeah. uh, somewhere in Indonesia and then decide that we should be drinking tea anyway. Yeah. And so, and I like what you said with the maker and the mover, because a lot of people get the doing completely confused and, and the checklist thing. So I consistently say makers eat checklists for breakfast, but the checklist is done. Movers also run checklists, but their checklists are about how to get everybody coordinated together to get everything done. So a project manager isn't doing all of the things on their right. checklist. A maker is going through a specific checklist that is step one, step two, step three, step four. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up about the doing aspect of it. Cause you, you don't have that as much with the shakers and the provers, but you do have that with the movers and the makers quite, yeah. quite, quite like, I, I can't tell you how many times everyone goes, Carly, you say makers eat checklists for breakfast, but you're running like five of them and different, you know, uh, systems. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not doing the things on the checklist. Now, of course I'm doing some, I'm being a little bit, you know, uh, flippant in me saying that because I do have tasks and things that I, um, am executing on, but it's mostly people managing the people that have their job to do, not the things that I need to do. Right. So, and I think that's an interesting differentiation that you made there. So, okay, well, let's move to the soft systems because that actually goes right over into the soft systems, I think, yes. uh, which is what, you know, people systems is kind of what we call them today. And, and then we've layered a million other, can you imagine why we can't figure out what the heck we're talking about? We talk in content, not context. So, you know, and, and nobody understands it. If you say employee engagement or you say, uh, you know, uh, people systems, or you say soft systems in this particular area, how can everybody know what you even mean? That's right. It's so general. And I'm pretty sure that somebody, if I'm an engaged employee, somebody's going to give me a ring. <laughs> hey, it hasn't happened yet. So I guess I'm not engaged. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. I don't know where you are. Obviously used to be a stand-up comic. So I was like engaged. I was trying to put that one together, but then I was Except the word used to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so Alanific. So that's, that's awesome. But it, I think that's a good point. Good determination on not even understanding. So first not understanding what everything is and then not under understanding how we work together. Yeah, absolutely. 
and 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 this is one of the most Im important things too because uh remember from our previous podcast is that if you put a bunch of people into a room randomly you're going to have uh probably half of them who are in violent disagreement with mm -hmm. with uh, their counterpart and so we've knocked it down into red light green light and yellow light relationships and so here you are trying to get some of this Michael Gerber stuff done and it's very general and that's nice well we'll just go ahead and have a meeting and you know decide what we're going to do and then uh, sometime, somehow the meeting gets derailed and people start arguing and yeah they don't even say what type of meeting they're in to begin with usually right Right. It's like, it's mask pandemonium from the beginning. Yeah. And every, you know, I mean, people have written books about death, death by meeting and so <laughs> forth. And uh, so what, what they're missing and, you know, think about this as an iceberg and we'll think probably mentioned this a couple of times, but you know, there's a lot under the surface here that people in their first reaction to how do we do things, they miss a lot of big distinctions. And probably the biggest thing is if you're going to get any of this done in this book, or any other book, you first got to break it down into details, uh, and you know, for a closer look, because it's dividing and conquer, because you can't do things with generalities, as we were just talking about. But secondly, it's so important to get to the right people in the right order. You got to get a who to go to. You got to get a who to go to. You got to get a who to go to. What does that mean? Every time you uh, finish one small phase, there's the next logical person in the sequence. So to move it ahead. Otherwise, you'll wind up with resistance or abandonment and every other thing that can go wrong. So if, you, if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to do any of these things. That's why I laugh so hard. Use the process. If you'd like to be 300 to 800% more effective, use the process. And when you were talking about the, the violent, you know, people not liking each other and whatnot, what do we call this? We end up saying, Oh, this is culture and that is not culture and see because most leaders think that culture is the potluck on friday or the air hockey game in the you know break room but the object of the exercise in business is to get something done so yes. culture is what you do it's not how you feel how you feel is the outcome, but we jump over the whole thing that the object of the exercise is to get something done. And then leaders just don't change any way that the work is to fit the people. They just still press hard on that and say, well, you want to be at the potluck on Friday? And so, you know, I guess in, within soft systems or people systems, we see is they don't have any other ideas here. And so, you know, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. So true. So true. And uh, by the way, every time you talk about culture, all I can think of is the, the old pizza in the back of the refrigerator back in the break room where you, where, where there's culture, all right. It's culture that's been growing on it for about <laughs> three months. And that's, that's a pretty good description or visual for a lot of the cultures that exist now. It's kind of like, oh God, here we go again. Mm -hmm. and, uh, oh, well, they'll, they'll bring in a they'll bring in a motivational speaker or do a, oh, yeah. a ropes course for you because that'll help you get more done uh, you do that on sunday and you're slimed again by tuesday it's a kind of a nice thing because what we haven't done is fundamentally changed who we go to for what we have not changed the work to fit the people so uh and you know what what happens i think to, here too is that you get into the people part and they say oh soft skills well i know a lot about that Here's what we're going to do. And you can hear this probably in 90% of the 
the offices. Well, we've got to figure out people's personalities here, you know, and that's all a good thing to do. Myers-Briggs, DISC, uh, Wilson, Social Styles, whatever. Uh, and that's great, but they're all pretty much the same, the same model. And, but what they're missing is, is how do you get things done together? And that's core nature of work. Now, it's an interesting thing because uh, when we first learned this model and invented it, we, we thought it must have been like another personality thing. So we did a thousand person study. And what we did was we we uh, put it up against Myers-Briggs and DISC and found out that, that there was no correlation. Uh, in other words, if you're a, a mover, uh, you could be a high D on DISC, you could be a high I, a high S, a high C on Myers-Briggs. If you're a mover, you might be an EN, an EF, whatever, or IN. And, and you could be, or an IS, you could be any of these things. There was nothing that indexed over 120 or less than 80, which which means that uh, it's they're different. It's pretty random. We're measuring a different thing here. So when when we say it's a kind of a piece of the iceberg that's under the surface there you can't go in and say oh soft stuff must be personality or it yeah. must be uh, having a potluck on friday as you say or the hockey game in the break room or ping pong there's more to it than that and everybody knows it. they just don't know what the answer is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and that's why, you know, and I said it before, Gallup's done a study for how long? 70% of people hate their jobs. You go overseas, it gets even worse. It's, I mean, I think in China, it's something like 90, like 90%, yeah. 90% of people hate their, how sad is that? I mean, and, and, and the, the, the biggest thing that we have seen and working with many, 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 many companies of all sizes is that people are asked to do too much of the part of the work. That's really, how do you break this down and use what we do, ideation, and what we're, how we're gonna get it done, implementation, and then break it down. Make sure, like you said, gotta have a who to go to. You remove 70% of the rub. It doesn't mean that knowing the personality is not a good thing. But as you always say, Alan, it's almost like the uh, who do is the steering wheel, personality is the gas and the brake. And when people see both, they understand why they get along with other people better. I get along with shakers. Why? Because they want to talk about ideas and my input is ideas. So I'm naturally going to get along with them. If my input is ideas and a maker wants to talk about checklists and not wanting to change anything, it's not personality. It's the fact that we are working on a project and I feel frustrated by you know, and, and you reference part one of this, we really go into the red light, green light, yellow light, and understanding that because as soon as you remove that, people realize, whoa, it wasn't that I didn't like you, you were challenging to work with because you were canceling me out. Or, wow, and the provers are the only one, I'll, I'll never forget that training we did, Alan, where the aha at the end was, provers aren't so bad at all. Yeah, <laughs> because, right. It's what happens is now you understand what they bring to the table in order to get things accomplished and how it makes your life easier. And so that, and, and again, we look at job descriptions and it's like uh, everything but the kitchen sink. If you break it down, you're like, well, mover's probably going to do that better. Uh, prover, maker, 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 maker. I mean, you give a mover, maker work. 
even if they're a doer, they're miserable. That, that person is absolutely miserable, I guarantee you. And the further they're out on that scale, when you look at it, because everybody has different, you know, we talk about hoodoo in a very mover, shaker, prover, maker, but there are not only combinations, there are extremes of each two, which gets into some advanced stuff. We should probably do a podcast on that, actually, now that I think about it. But Absolutely. understanding that those job descriptions are made for 1% of the population. 1%. That's who can do it hire? from beginning to the middle to the end. They can do it all the way through without falling into their weak work. The other 99% of us cannot or will not because we hate it. We go to sleep. Our brain folds. We Our eyeballs roll up into our head. We go... Uh, uh, we tune out mentally and emotionally, and uh, it mm-hmm. absolutely makes a huge difference. And one thing I want to point out to Carla is for, for everybody listening, if you want a really good barometer of a red light relationship, uh, the great divide is based on the law of diffusion of innovation. Mm-hmm. Early adopters, for the most part, are likely not to get along so well with the motivations of later adopters or like cross purposes. Early adopters want change, it's exciting, it's new, it's good, we need to do it. And later adopters say, hey, don't throw out the babies with the bathwater, don't do this. It's basically uh, what Simon Sinek talked about in his uh, Start With Why TED Talk, it's what uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Moore, Moore yeah. which those are all uh, focused on marketing and on communication with and the client they all focus not the why as much but you know how do you lead when you don't know your team yep so it's great yeah so it's great it's great tactics that's it though you're not it so if i say gosh i should put my phone down when i talk to you that's a tactic that's Mm. not how do you get you know the work done how do you move it through the process and and um I want to piggyback on that law of diffusion of innovations, 110 years of marketing research. You can read forever. And there have been books and books and books written on this studies and studies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we've studied it to the nth degree and you could still keep on studying. There's been that much marketing research. And I totally agree that we focus on the client and marketing and marketing. And when you talk about, you got to find the early adopters. What do we do? We kick our team to the curb, tell them they need to do all the work. We're not going to pay attention to that when we're marketing new ideas in a company. Oh, no, no. We're no. only going to focus on the client. And, and you have to. It's important. Actually, Gerber talks a lot about it in the first book that we mentioned in the podcast, Making a Client-Centric Company. However, if you trash your team and then go straight to the client, all you're doing is making your team feel like you don't care about them. All you care is about money and selling. And that piece really is, I think, a big crux of if you are a leader, understanding the process and the fact that every one of you are leaders, you just lead at different times in different ways. And you have to be able to pass that baton, as you always say, uh, Alan, you know, in a relay team. Right. And I love that. And that's the biggest myth. Right. That's that it's personality. it's it's core nature of nothing to do with personality nothing nothing because if you have a job to do there's many people i've worked with i don't like i would not probably hang out with them unless it was work related right but they don't know that you know why because i need them and i appreciate them and it's okay that we don't necessarily like to hang out 
Sure. And, uh, Honor the differences. It's beautiful. Exactly. Thing. But you can also appreciate them for who they are and keep them in yep. their, as you say, Alan, magnificence. Yes. So uh, people will actually, we were talking about canceling each other out. And uh, there's a, a, a team of people who uh, are working in the, and I know you want to get into technology. I'm going to jump, jump on it a little bit. Uh, and that is, is uh, these two were working together and they didn't like each other. And they didn't like their work either. They weren't happy at all. And they were up in Alaska, of all places. So <laughs> they, they I know a story. You're, this is a great story, though. This is so simple. This The solution to this took 15 minutes, if that. Yep. Literally, 15 minutes. And go ahead. I know what story you're going to tell. It's great. So we, we got on the phone. And one of the things we, we knew starting out is that they were both combination shaker provers. What does that mean? They love... Uh, they they love thinking, but not so much the doing part of things. Uh, and you know, it's like half of the, they're like engineers. Uh, Ninety percent of engineers that I know are shaker provers, and that means they can design a beautiful bridge, and then also uh, they know enough to think it through and keep it from falling down. That's the prover part. The shaker designs a beautiful bridge. The prover uh, makes sure it's structurally sound. What can go wrong? So here are these two people and. They both hate their jobs. They don't like each other. And uh, it turns out they're both in IT. And they did two basic things. And now here's a typical thing where, it, you know, maybe you could break this down more and maybe there's a clue in there. And so uh, the two things they did, one was uh, help desk. You know, you have a problem. There are even T-shirts about this. Did you plug it in? Did you, <laughs> did you turn it on and off? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, the typical, all the jokes about help desk. They, all, they both did that. And uh, the uh, other thing that they, that they both did were, uh, uh, what would you call it? Server maintenance. Server maintenance. So uh, now, one, they were both combinations, but one was a lot more shaker than prover. The other one was a lot more prover than shaker, okay? So there's a distinction that makes a difference here. So if we look at the work, step one is let's label the work in the same way. Where's the shaker work? Where's the prover work? Shaker work meaning shakers will love it and they're great at it. Prover work meaning provers would love it and they're great at it. And so uh, one of the things we did ask them a few things and it turns out that server maintenance takes a lot of patience it's methodical. It's great for later adopters. So that's prover work. And they agreed to that. And then help desk takes a lot of ingenuity and ideas. And it's always different, a new problem coming through the door. And so that is a lot more shaker work. And so what we did was to say, what, uh, what do you guys think about doing this? How about if the shaker takes all the help desk work and the prover takes all the server maintenance work, which takes patience and being more methodical. And they liked that idea. But even more what they liked was one of the things about provers is they don't like to be interrupted. So the prover got to hang a big sign on his door with an arrow pointing at the shaker's door that says, 
go see him for help desk. If I don't shakers do that. love to be in most the more extreme shaker, the more they like to be interrupted because it's something oh, new. Yeah, something yeah. New. it's exciting. It's fun. And oh yeah, you want an idea from me? Great. Because, you know, uh, plugging it in, that's an, did you plug it in? That's an idea. <laughs> so uh, what happened was, now, of course, they both had the knowledge. So all of you who are into Kaizen and things like that and uh, quality, you know, uh, you can do five jobs, you get a higher pay grade. They, they could both do the jobs. It's just that one of them did the part they loved, the job they loved, and the other one did the job that they loved, and that was different. So we redivided the work to fit the people. Yeah, 15 so, minutes to be happy. Both of, Well, they still didn't like each other totally, but they were a lot happier right. in their jobs. <laughs> and they appreciated somebody else taking that job from them, so they just appreciated them more, right? That's, They're totally different, but you can appreciate the fact somebody is different, and they do something better than you, and they took it from you. Oh, and, and so important too. If you want to appreciate somebody who's different from you, appreciate they just started doing happily doing the stuff you hate. I mean, <laughs> I love that. That's exactly why I love nothing compared to oh, that. That's so true. Oh my gosh, saved my, saved that, my life. Thank that's, you. That's why I love them all. I love yes. my provers, um, or movers, shakers, provers, and makers for completely different reasons. And so. All right. Well, we could talk about that like all day long too. And I know we're so, we're so we passionate about the people system. I know. <laughs> uh, so let's, let, let's move to this last system. And we don't need to talk too long about this because this is so bad these days. It's just glaringly obvious how, when we did a podcast on this and it was technology, it was a two-part podcast. And I can't remember the exact title we put on that, but it was last it was April two years ago or something. I'll see if my team can make a link to it um, on this particular podcast. And this is information systems, right? Ooh, oh my gosh, talk about dumping everything into one area, training, your CRM, dashboard for social media. I could talk about this and probably list a thousand potential information systems that you could, if you're a large company, could implement in different divisions. I mean, it's that, it's infinite is what it is. And technology, if you don't figure out what to do and how to do it, 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 it's not only a waste of time, energy, money, brain power, turnover. I mean, this list goes on and on and on. Yep. And, and, and it's interesting. So like, where do you start thinking about? Well, one, one way is to look at how we interact with technology itself. It's quite different. So shakers who are the idea people, they, um, they love the idea you know, I'm the guy who has uh, probably 75 to 100 apps on my on my phone, and I use maybe three of them. You know, I love to buy an app because of its potential, but I sure don't want to use it. So I'll use it once, or I'll try it, and then if it, if I have to actually do something, then I just kind of move on and I abandon it. And uh, so uh, movers uh, are a little different. They're yeah, the we know we need it. And that's all information technology, but I know you're talking specific to technology because it makes this even harder today. We know we need it. We just don't want to look at it, figure out which one needs to be done. <laughs> right. But, but you would like the benefit, you know, if it'll help you do something faster or better or more pleasantly or whatever, you want that benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, that's the difference between a shaker and a mover. Shaker falls in love with the idea of it. Mover falls in love with the benefit it'll deliver, but neither really has the patience to 
read the manual, read the documentation, follow the instructions. Are you kidding? We're early adopters. We don't, we're instructionally impaired. We don't do that. Yeah. So if you don't run the process, you hand it over to your prover who's rolling his eyes saying it's not going to work anyway. You weren't specific enough. And I'm, I'm going to uh, take all the stuff that can go wrong anyway and doesn't even do what you ask them to do. Yep. But and then, then the maker's just sweating. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't even want that. You know, don't bring that in here. You're going to ruin everything. They put their earplugs in. They put their earplugs in. And by the way, you can look at this. We're using technology as an example because it's, it's, it's easy. It's everywhere. Too. But it's, but it's everything. And I don't care if you're talking about your marketing information systems or your training information systems. And now it's all integrated. It's how much training is online. How much, how are you using YouTube in conjunction with educating your customers. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. It reminds me of a client that we worked with and very large client spent millions of bucks on some new technology to get, it was actually seven or eight technologies to get their team on this platform. And it was primarily marketing, but there's a lot in this platform. And so the early adopters, a mover and a shaker, the CEO and COO did it and then said, here you guys go use it. And <laughs> like the, it, it was less than, I, I don't even know what the number is, but I know it's less than 3%, if not 2% were actually using this and they put millions of bucks in it. And they're looking at them like what? And of course that's why they became a client. However, it took us, 11 different one hour training sessions. Now, of course we had to put all that together. We knew what we were doing, but at the end of the day, it really took all of them and 11 different steps. And then we broke it down and we, and we didn't even know their technology and were able to do it. Why? Because we bring the right people to the team. And I just think that it was a, 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 a huge potential loss for the company because if you put millions and millions of dollars into something and nobody's using it, I mean, what's the point? Absolutely. And in fact, the numbers on that are staggering. Uh, Genpak Research did a study and they figure about $600 B, 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 billion dollars a year is spent on technology and about two thirds of it doesn't get adopted. Just wasted. Forget about it. So $400 billion down the drain a year. And think about that. One of the things we did was we figured out how to get the early adopters who wanted the technology and the later adopters who had the patience to go through the manual and the documentation and figure out how it works. And then together we figured out how to teach it to these other people in a simple way and in a way that they would accept based on their core nature of work. Mm -hmm. And simplified it. it you know, Use 20% of it at first. Use yep. the, the thing that's going to give you the 80% bang for your buck. Because yep. this is the videos you watch. At first, you watch it. It's a couple minutes. Okay. All right. I got it. Because we, we watched all their training videos. Then it got to five minutes. So, oh, okay. And then it got to 10. You're clicking. You're clicking. Then it got to 25. And that was one area of the, the, the tech, this information system that they're implementing. I was sweating. Going, I'm like, man, we got to break this down. How is anybody else supposed to implement it when they're just basically feeling overwhelmed? So what do we do when we're overwhelmed? We run home to mommy. So yes. that is a staggering number though. That, that's such wasteful. And that's just numbers that we're not even there. They probably didn't even their study figure out the, the waste of cost. Uh, opportunity costs, the energy with their team, the frustration, the turnover, 
all of these other things that happen and 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 they don't have to now that doesn't mean it's super 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 uh easy it's simple not easy i always say climbing to the top of mount everest is super super simple put one foot in front of the other that does not necessarily mean it's easy without the process it's nearly impossible so with that alan we could probably go for another 40 minutes on this uh Basically, but we won't yeah so but great book we really enjoyed uh revisiting e uh e-myth and sharing with you all f this f revisit this. <laughs> so again the three systems hard systems soft systems information systems and listen to part one of the series as well where we talk about the three different personalities and go in how you can identify those and then utilize that in creating the uh, these systems in your business and you can visit us at the people catalyst.com and that's plural on catalyst correct yes well With of course because we need you all everyone's yes. asked me that before it's like it's got to be plural <laughs> we're, yes. we're teaching team here baby awesome well thanks again alan and we Thank will you. see you next time Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.